myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you Good afternoon. Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Uh, delighted to welcome Ross Gregory back to the show. How are you, Ross? I'm good, Steve. Yourself? Yeah, all good, mate. Uh, did you enjoy the uh, the break? Yeah, yeah. I had a nice uh, nice few days off. I uh, didn't go far. Yourself? You went? Yeah. You yeah, I went across uh, went across to Tenerife, which was uh, which was very nice, very hot, and um, yeah, just just on the up. It's nice to see people back out there enjoying themselves and getting across, you know, getting across the foreign shores again. And there wasn't too much hassle at the airport or anything. So all in all, a good trip had had by all. And uh, yeah, just just good to be back in the swing of things. And um, typical as well of, of me going away in Newcastle, winning three games on the belt and not not conceding a goal. I have to go away. I think I have to go away a bit more often. Like, but um, when you were away, um, you when I, and, and I was away, you did a, an article. I'm just going to stick the link in the chat now for people to have a read of it for those who haven't. But um, it was uh, on the Chronicles website. Really, really good read uh, about a quite a momentous day and goal uh, that took place at St James's Park. Uh, quite a few years ago now. Yeah, so um, yesterday was the 30th anniversary of David Kelly's um, goal against Portsmouth in 92, which um, I'm sure most viewers, listeners will, will remember it well as being a, a really crucial goal. Without that goal, Newcastle would have been relegated pretty much. I think it's fair to say into the third tier for first time in the club's history. Um I know you were there, Steve. I was there. I was in the, the East Stand with me with my dad um, on our season tickets, and it was a it was a, a nerve filled tension, um, really, really you know, nervy day until that that goal went in with about about three or four minutes to, to go. So I wanted to I wanted personally as a as a, as a journalist, but also as a as a fan, I wanted to to kind of remember that goal. I wanted to honour that goal. Um, I had the idea a few weeks ago of, of, of doing a piece around it. In the meantime, obviously, you know, the, the War Flags um, tribute and, and banners came out uh, at the Leicester game, which which obviously David Kelly was there um, as well. So that was great. Managed to, to have a chat with with Ned, have a chat with Sir John Hall, Gavin Pagot, Lee Clark, a couple of fans, yourself included, Steve, which, which was, um, it was really good just to set the scene because I don't think people quite, some people don't quite under, understand how close the club was to, to going pop, how close the, the club was to, to potentially going going bust. Relegation would have been absolutely disastrous at that at that time. Um, this is before the big big TV money and and before the big finance. Yes, Sir John Hall had come in and, and put a lot of money in, but would he have backed it into the into the third year? When I spoke to him the other day, he admitted that he that he might not have done. He would have had to consider his future and then potentially would have walked away from the club as well. So it was a really pivotal goal that one against Portsmouth at part of a, a really pivotal week going to, to Leicester City the following week down at, uh, at Filbert Street and went into one and unfortunately surviving and that turned out to be the catalyst for um, for future success you know Sir John inve- invested in the club Kevin Keegan obviously stayed brought in you know really really top top draw players but without that goal all that would have wouldn't have happened the the success the entertainers this you know Alan Shearer have ended up playing for the club, would we have had Champions League nights at St James's Park? No, we wouldn't have done. And it's very, 
there's a very fair fair um understanding that there might not have been a club at all. So I just wanted to pay pay a little bit of um tribute to that to that goal and to, to put it in a bit of context because 30 years is a is a long time and a lot of new fans might not have, have understand the, the significance at the end of it. I think Jordy Tuvalife feels like all of us do. He says, it's never 30 years ago. It's only 10 years in my mind. What a day it was, pure relief. And of course, the Leicester game, um, you know, down at Filbert Street uh, subsequently was a was a big day as well. I, I dug out my ticket a few uh, a few months ago and put it up on the screen. Um, I was down there that day. And yeah, just, just a, a, the, the relief of not going down into the third tier of English football. But that, that goal was pivotal. And David Kelly as well. Lovely guy, isn't he, Ross? I mean, you know, ex-players... Always, you know, who've done well at Newcastle and, and you know, not necessarily, you know, the, the main stars either of, of, of Newcastle's history books, but players who've, who've made an impact often talk about the, the, the club affectionately and the area affectionately, and he's no different. It was funny because when, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago when I was on, I mentioned David Kelly's name. He, he, was, a, he was a bit of a, a kind of hero of mine at the time because, yeah, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he won't go down in history as one of the great Newcastle United players, absolutely not, you know. But he was a he was a grafter, he worked hard, he was a very good player. He won his headers, he got some really, really important goals. You know, scored the winner against Sunderland that season in the in the derby, scored twice on on Keegan's uh, first first game in charge against Bristol City. He was um he was a really pivotal pivotal part of, of that successful period. Not many players will score a hat trick in the last game and then get get bombed down, get moved, get sold on. Well, that was what happened in the following season with his with his hat trick in the last game against again against Leicester City. Um, but yeah, really great to chat to him. Really um, a bit of a fanboy moment for me, I must admit, because he had been a bit of a hero of mine. Um, but really nice guy, genuine. Loves coming back in the northeast. It was really it was interesting to hear him say he, he barely watched the goal since he said, and in his mind in his mind thirty years on, he thought he was. Um, he thought he was five or ten yards outside the box when he hit it, but it turned out he was actually when he watched it back last weekend when he was up, he was obviously you know five or six yards inside the box. So the main players tricks on you, but great goal, great guy, and a great moment in the Cass United's history as well. Yeah, well, take a read of the article. I've put the link in the chat, so have a look. It's up on the Chronicles website now, and uh, really good article. Nice to nice to to look back uh, on on days gone by, especially pivotal moments in the club's history. Uh, as always, I've put a shout out for questions. Terry Armstrong was first in on Facebook. He said, uh, does everyone agree with Danny Murphy that Jordan Pickford would be a good signing if Everton go down? I mean, I, it's surely to God, he's not that stupid, Murphy. It's got to be tongue-in-cheek, this. He cannot seriously think that Jordan Pickford, for one, is going to want to come to Newcastle and be our number one. And secondly, he can't think that the fans who... You know, let's let's be honest. Have uh, have got inside his head on more than one occasion since you know since he left Sunderland. Um, would would worship him or or see that as a good move? It, you know, it, it can't he can't be following in the footsteps of Lionel Perez. Surely to God, Ross. <laughs> I nearly forgot about Perez. That was there's a, there's another blast from the past. And they never played a game, did he? Never played a game for the. First I don't think you'd be writing an article about him, Ross. <laughs> be a very different one, mate. Be a very different one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if Murphy said that tongue in cheek. It's it's an absolute it's absolute nonsense, isn't it? I I I'll be honest. I I, I don't mind Jordan Pickford. I think he's a half decent goalkeeper. He's not he's no world beater. He's, he's he's not he's not great. Let's not get it wrong. But I think he I think he's he's not a bad goalkeeper. But he's just a he's one of them characters that that fans love to to hate, love to give him 
give him the abuses with his uh, his Sunderland connections. And yeah, absolutely right. The the, the fans have you know got inside his head on more than one occasion. Um, I was at I was I was in the Gallagher a couple of seasons ago when um, when I think it was it was the three two I think it was with a, with a bit of a comeback and, and it certainly got in his head that that day. Um, yeah, it's an absolute nonsense. I think Newcastle will will look to move for a goalkeeper in the summer, but um, but we'll be drawing Pickford. Nah, I can't see that at all. And uh, we will be starting a transfer show in the summer. Uh, we will be updating you with all the uh, nonsense and all the facts and, and trying to separate the facts from the fixture. Uh, it'll be a, a daily show uh, that we will be doing, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'm going to keep a, a running total of the names that we get linked with from the day that the transfer window opens. That'll, that'll be interesting to see how many names we've actually been linked with by the end of the season, uh, at the end of the transfer window. Uh, on Twitter, Paul, uh, the guy who's donated the, the Subutio, um, uh, the Subutio uh, team, uh, which is on uh, auction at the moment for the Food Bank. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. He says, the, narr- uh, the narrative on two shows on TalkSport yesterday was about Newcastle United transfers and what is failure next season. I'm in the walk before you can run camp and I don't expect instant success. Top eight to ten and a cup run would be amazing. What would you guys see as success next season? Ross? Exactly the same as that. I think, you know, if you, if you could if you guarantee the top ten, top eight, you know, eight, nine, tenth around that that place next season with a, with a cup run, you know, get the, get far in the cup and really give the fans a little bit of something to, to cheer about, I think that would... For me, that would represent a, a great season, and I know people will think, "Well, look, we could finish in the top ten this season after a after a dismal, dismal start." And that's true, we could. I don't think we will quite finish in the top ten. I think we'll finish just outside it. But um, yeah, run before you can walk. I think you know a few incremental in, incremental additions to, to to build the squad up, push for maybe a top eight in, in a good cup run, and then over the next two or three seasons, push on from there. I would agree. I mean, you know, you have to walk before you can run, Paul. Um, I would I would agree with your sentiments exactly as Ross does. I think there will be an element of the support who will expect a bit more, possibly. Um, and it depends on who we bring in in the transfer window, because ultimately, you know, we've had a good January. Um, caliber of players we've brought in has been surprising. Um, and, and, you know, the, the fans have taken to, to, to Trippier and to Bruno uh, in particular. Um, you know, as, as new heroes. So, I mean, that kind of transfer window, it's hard to replicate it time and time again. But if they bring the right players in, then I think people will be expecting a bit more than that. A good cup run, um, two good cup runs. Why not? Uh, League Cup, it, it's there to be won. When you look at the names of some of the teams that have not only, you know, played in the final, um, you know, since we last, you know, troubled the trophy engravers in 69. We, you know, we've had so many... Um, teams that we would consider smaller clubs than Newcastle, and that's not derogatory. Um, who, who've been there, done it, and, and, and got winners' medals. And yeah, the League Cup is there to be won, and that is a great place to start. And if you can get into that habit of winning, you know, once you win your first one, the rest become easy. And that's what people say in any sport at any level, um, whether it's you know, non league football, amateur football, so the morning football, Premier League football. You know, if you get into that routine of winning then it you know it does become easier so why not go for the league cup next season uh, as for the league i think looking at the league table now i think if you take wolves out of that 
equation. I think your, your top eight's there. And it's the teams you'd expect to see in the top eight. Um, big transfer window, not just for Newcastle, but for everybody. Manchester United, new manager, as expected. £120 million. What's he going to do with that? And is he going to have the opportunity to do it? Um, at least at this moment in time, it appears on the surface that Newcastle have a manager, stroke coach, Eddie Howe, and his backroom staff, Steve Nixon and his, his coaches, etc. And the owners, uh, you know, Ruben, Mia Dad and Amanda, PIF, who were all singing off the same hymn sheet and all willing to communicate. So it's an exciting summer. Gone all, around, all the way around the houses to say, really, I personally think, you know, that a European slot is achievable next season if we bring if we have another successful transfer window and a good cup run, Paul. So that's, that's yeah, what I'm expecting. It's not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, Steve. You, know, you look at West Ham, a West Ham massively better, or, or, well, they are better, don't get me wrong, but... But the squad on, on paper, if you look at, you know, they've got a, a decent squad. You take, but they've got one world-class player for me in, in Declan Rice. And, and and then you've got, you know, you've got a couple of very good players, your Jared Bones and, and whatnot. But there's, there's with, the, with the right additions in the summer, you know, Newcastle could be could be around West Ham's level and Wolves' level without a shadow of a doubt. You know, Leicester are, are, are a very good team. Your top four, top five, top six are probably still going to be your top four, top five, top six next season. But there's no reason to be very why the why Newcastle can't be pushing for that seventh, eighth, ninth kind of spot. And then once it you know you get a bit of momentum behind you, it can it can take on from there. But I would certainly be looking at the top half finish next season is, is a is a successful finish. If it if it's not top eight, if it's ninth or tenth, that's still class. In a good cup one, that's still class. That is a good season. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Gary McBurney says uh, he spent an hour in Leicester Infirmary after a housebreak in the back of the head, but it didn't dampen the spirits that day. Talking about the trip down to Filbert Street uh, after uh, after Kelly's goal against Portsmouth. Jordy Tune for Life says David Kelly lived in Cramlington at the time. I saw him at my doctor's a few times with his young child. My God, that brings back uh, memories. Uh, and Jordy Tune for Life on Pickford says to be fair, Pickford, he's never let England down, but he's still a Mackham. And that's enough. Uh, and Roger Cook uh, says, was it Kelly who slipped through that puddle near the East Stand during the Mackham Derby, circa 92? He splashed me anyway. <laughs> I hope you're not looking for a dry cleaning bill being paid, Roger. Uh, Graham says, next season, I think, for an expression, would be in the mix or give West Ham, Leicester and Wolves a bit of a bloody nose or be in that fight. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, Newcastle have already proved in the second half of the season they're more than capable of beating those teams uh, that you're naming. Do you know what I mean? So why not? El Stapleton says, uh, yeah, it was. I was there too. Wouldn't play it these days. Talking about the Sunderland game with David Kelly. Uh, Jody Tumbley says, let the media hype up big signings. Let our magnificent owners do what they think is right. They know for, uh, far more uh, than us. And Graham says, um, TalkSport have been predicting at least sixth for me, just being in the fight of the top half, that is success. And next season uh, will also be different as the World Cup's in November. So opportunities may arise and those teams ready for restart may be taken by surprise. OK, so uh, let's move on to another subject. And um, Ashley, who's a Leeds fan, he goes, is it true Joe Linton's uh, going to Leeds in the summer? Sorry, Ash. No, not at all, mate. Not going to happen, is it? Not going to happen. Uh, Tom asks, uh, looking ahead to the games coming up, he says, um, Newcastle are up to ninth in the league. How do you think we will do against Liverpool and Manchester City? Um, Ross, two big games. We're going to have a say in the, you know, in, in, in where the title goes to. 
Absolutely, yeah. I think these two games coming up are, are really, really exciting and a good gonna be a good kind of barometer of, of how far um how far Newcastle have come. So, you know, let's be honest, the job that Eddie Howe's done has been has been sensational. we you know, he's won every game that you could look at and think that's winnable. You know, you can look at, at, at Wolves and go, Yeah, we might win that. You can look at Leicester and go, Yeah, that's that's potentially winnable on, on the day. You know, beating the likes, all the teams around the, the bottom, your Norwiches and your and your Southamptons and, and so on and so forth. You know, there's there's been some really, really good good um wins and good performances there. Where it's come unstuck slightly so far is is a, is moving into that top top four, top five, you know. So um Chelsea I thought was a was a good performance, but without really looking like we were gonna Going to score, it never looked like it was going to land land much of a, a bloody nose on on Chelsea. And it could have gone differently with with a penalty shout and with the the red card shout, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then Tottenham, when which which was the, is the big aberration um, in twenty twenty two. You know, it was a it was a really proper performance up against a, a team which just had too much class and quality, especially with with Harry Kane and and, and Son on the pitch. So. To come up against Liverpool and Man City, who have got that class in all departments on their pitch, you know, never mind just Son and, and, and Kane up front. You know, Man City have got the quality in across the midfield, across the forward line at the back. Same with Liverpool. I've I've gone on record. I said on on Twitter this week that I, I think this Liverpool and this Man City teams are the two best Premier League teams. I think I've seen. I think I've seen. I think there's been some cracking Premier League teams. You go back to your Arsenal Invincibles and, and you know your Man United treble winners and and all those sorts of teams. But these two are just on a different level for me. So to, so to go back to the original point to say the 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 how Newcastle can match up against them in a in a game where the pressure's off. You know relegation um, thoughts have, have subsided now. The pressure's all on Liverpool and and, and Man City. To be able to go there with, with with go up against them with no pressure to see see how far the, the teams come is going to be really really interesting for me um, and and see if 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 we can have a proper say in the title title race you know you can, we've had a little bit of a history lesson today we can go back a couple of years to to when when Liverpool were um, at St James's and, and and got that late late winner which ultimately did them no good at, at all anyhow but. but we beat Man City that season as well. Had a real say in the title race. Um, you know, you can go back to to '96 when Liverpool the four three at Anfield, and, and they had, they they had a say in, in in Newcastle not winning the the title that year. So it'd be really interesting to see how it uh, how it pans out over the next couple of games. No, it definitely will be. I mean, and, and just touching on the performances over recent weeks and the week that I've been away, I mean, you know, comprehensive wins against teams at the right end of the table is something we're not getting, you know, we haven't been used to. But, um, you know, the, the, the Wolves, you know, the, the, the Wolves performance, the Leicester performance, Crystal Palace performance, uh, you know, you touched on a, a few of those defeats that we've had. But, you know, we've actually learned how to win against awkward teams, teams that have come to St. James's Park in the last 14 years and found it... And found it easy um, to, to get points, and I think that's that's probably one of the most impressive things that that Eddie Howe seems to have brought. That we're, you know, I've lost count of the number of games that Newcastle have been, you know, maybe in it and then lost to a late late winner to, to one of those teams that I've just named. You, we found a way of winning, um, and not just one way of winning: winning dirty, winning winning playing attractively, winning you know by sitting back and then catching teams on the counter. You know, we're we're not a we're not a one trick pony anymore, Ross. 
No, no, there's a real resilience to the to the team now. I was at the at the um at the Palace game last week on, on the Wednesday night, and I thought for the first 45 minutes, Newcastle were by far the better team, played some really good football. You know, Bruno was dictating in the midfield, Miggy was looking bright, you know, St. Maximum. The, it, it was a really strong attacking performance and it could have gone in maybe um, maybe two or even three goals up. Second half, played poorly, if we're being honest. It, whether they ran out of legs or or Palace just stepped their game up, then, you know, Palace were the better team in that second half. But what Newcastle did do was defend exceptionally well and never really looked like they were going to concede. So it was, it was, it was a scrappy, defensive, you know, um, gritty second half performance. And, and they've managed to, to add that to the game. It was the same against Leicester. You know, I thought for spells, Leicester were the better team in possession, but Newcastle's defensive resolve never looked really like they were going to going to concede. And when you when you stay in games like that, when you've got that you've got that resolve and that that um, them battling tendencies, then you can go and pin something on the break like like it did in, in the ninety sixth minute. So yeah, it, you can you can win in in a, in a manner of styles. You're absolutely right. You know, in in you know before Christmas, those were games that that the club would have lost. You know, you go back to Watford in, in back in January, you know, when conceding in the 87th, 88th minute and just little things like that. That's been eradicated now. So it it, it bodes well for um for the next couple of games because they're going to need to have that resolve and that that tenacity and that determination up against um up against team two teams who are going to have a lot more of the ball than what Newcastle will. But you've got the confidence now. Momentum's a, a, a very a word that's that's used a lot in football and but it's it's used a lot for for a reason because it's true once you've got that momentum you've got that belief and that confidence then you can uh, you can go into games thinking yeah why not yeah i've got nothing to lose in either of those games tom um genuinely think that newcastle will give a good account of themselves but we will wait and see uh, john ask you just talking about the evidence situations does the apparent bad blood between the mads and the toffees seems to be something from recent years do you think it's down to pickford um I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, Everton's always been the micier of grounds to go to, Ross, for me mm. over the years, between Liverpool and Everton. I think we've always felt more welcome at, at Liverpool. I've seen fans, you know, uh, you know, get, get assaulted. It's probably the best way to describe it, someone getting a dig or, or whatever. There has been a little bit of negativity, but I've never been involved in anything myself. I know, you know, maybe it's the, the slightly um, amorous side of our support, shall we say. I know there's been a few ricks which have been, you know, ongoing over the years. But as a whole, I've never really seen Everton as, as much of a problem or, or, or whatever. I just I just don't think it's been as friendly as Liverpool. I'm, I'm not sure about you, like. No, I, I completely agree. I've not really seen anything over the years that would that that's been a problem between the castle and that. It, maybe, maybe you know these things come in, in in kind of waves, don't they? And I think what Newcastle fans are probably enjoying at the minute a little bit is is seeing a a club of of evident size struggling near the bottom. It, you know, we've seen likes of Villa struggling near the bottom in previous seasons. We all know when Newcastle went down in previous years, the, the amount of stick that that the that the club got and fans got off of certain clubs. Um, so I, I just think it's it's you know it, it swings and roundabouts. These things come around sometimes. You you have a little bit of a, a, a set to and a bit of needle with a particular club for for various different reasons. 
Yeah, and, and Pickford being there doesn't do d- doesn't do the situation any favours because he's you know former Sunderland goalkeeper and people just you know want to see him go down. There is that 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 does play its part, John. So it's a good point to make. Steve Mowat, good afternoon. He says, uh, uh, "Afternoon, lads. Any news on Kevin Keegan returning in some role with the club?" Uh, I've got to be honest. I've never I've never really looked at this too in depth, but I do. You know, I do have a relationship, as as a lot of the fans groups do now, with with the owners at the club, and I did introduce them to Kevin. Um, you know, I did pass on his number to them, and I do know there was some dialogue. What is going on, Steve? With that, I don't know. Um, it's entirely down to Kevin and down to the club, I guess. So, you know, I do believe there will be big changes next year behind the scenes with regards to. Um, you know, the legends going in, you know, there's the, the legends going into the lounges and, and, and into the, the executive boxes. There's, there's a bit more of that going on and I'm sure it won't have, um, you know, skipped people's attention that, you know, there's been a lot more of the ex-players, you know, posting selfies and, you know, celebrating the fact that they've actually been to the games, uh, you know, as, as guests of the club. So, look, I think it's very much a case of wait and see. I think some people feel it would be great if Keegan arrived by a helicopter in the last game of the season and, uh, you know, wave to everybody. I I, I don't think we're going to see that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the the bottom line is the shackles are off. And, you know, the, the, you know, the the 14 years of, you know, resentment, uh, slightly less in Kevin's case, of course, because he he came back as manager and then obviously had his legal battle with, with the former owner. But, you know, Kevin then just felt awkward about coming back to the club. He wasn't welcome uh, under the previous owner. And, you know, give or take one or two appearances in the TV gantry, I don't think he uh, has come back to watch games. So it would be nice to see him. It would be nice to get him back. I think I think these owners will certainly maybe gauge public interest, gains fans interest about, you know, naming stands and monuments and stuff like that and new, new statues. And I think it's only right that, People like Joe Harvey and Kevin Keegan are recognised correctly. Um, you know, Joe Harvey's you know recognition is is simply a plaque at the end of the ground, which you know me and other supporters managed to raise ten grand to get get put up there, and we had to fight hard to get that. There should be a statue of Joe Harvey, um, and you know, ultimately for me, Kevin Keegan because of the effect that he had on Newcastle, not only as a player but as a manager as well. So I I think. Give it, give it time. I think something will happen. Shearer, I know people are going about Shearer as well. I think Shearer would love the opportunity to, to be involved. However, at the moment, he's got a great job, and and why give up a great job to to come back to the football club? He he did come back to Newcastle as we know once, and 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 do that, um, you know, do that job. And you know, from from my perspective, I just you know, I'd love to see both of them back. But you know, give it time. We'll see what happens. What's your thoughts on that, Ross Keegan back at the club? Would you like to see that? Uh, oh, it's a real, it's a real tricky one. I'm, I'm, I'm not as as firmly in the camp of he's got to come back into a into a high profile role. Um, is is what some people might be. I think um, it'd be great to see him back. He, the, the, look what he's done for the club over, over, uh, well, probably a, a 35, 40 year period is is incredible. Yeah. So, um, he should be rec- recognised and honoured in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, I'd look, you know, he, he, somebody like Kevin speaks so enthusiastically and passionately about about uh, Newcastle United that to have him in some sort of ambassadorial role would be would be great to have him in in some sort of um, in some sort of I don't know whether it's a non-executive director or something like that. He's he's he's, he's so connected to Newcastle and he's and he's loved by the the the, the fan base and by the um, by the the region as a whole that. 
to be able to tap into his passion, into his knowledge, into his expertise, and his love for the club um, would, would be great. I think, and, and it certainly wouldn't. It would be a bonus and, and be something that 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 has got no kind of no negative connotations for me. Um, you know, other than that, I, I, I think not necessarily in anything that maybe is hands-on. I think that the club has to move on and, and, and Eddie Howe and everybody else are doing fantastic jobs. But to see him in and around the club again, a bit like what Kenny Dalglish is with, with, with Liverpool and, and, um, and, and other managers have, have, you know, have done at other clubs, I think would be, would be great. Some sort of ambassadorial role would be fantastic. Yeah, uh, I've also stuck a link into the uh, the article done about statues and the Chronicles, so you can have a look at that at your convenience. Uh, it's always one which causes debates, naming stands and statues, etc. But uh, maybe take a, a leaf out of um, you know some of the some of the ground you go to. Um, I think Everton's one in particular that, if I remember rightly, the one end of the ground there's the the four stat four players on one plinth. You know, it doesn't have to be one statue, and uh, yeah, yeah. you know you could get four on one plinth. I think Colin Harvey's on there, and a couple of others. So yeah, you, you know, maybe do something like that. I, I love the Arsenal way, the, the new Emirates. I love the way that they've got you know different different people in different areas, or just you know decorate the stand and have have, have those you know bonnies facing in with the shirts on the back. Just there's ways and means of doing it. I think there's there's a lot more than you know those people need to be paid respect to, and I'm sure that the new owners. In time, we'll get that sorted out. Uh, big thank the you article, to our yeah. yeah, go on, mate. Oh, sorry, the article's pretty decent. It, it's got a vote in there as well about um, about how to who you who you think should have a who who should be next if if Newcastle do put a statue. I'm with you. I'm I'm a, I'm seeing Joe Harvey, but there's a few options in there, um, and Kevin Keegan's in there amongst them as well. So, and, and you know, a mural, uh, some sort of some sort of celebration would be would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely worth looking at. So uh, keep our uh, keep our eyes peeled on that. Okay, thanks to Spider Miner worldwide coverage, of course, from the guys at Spider Miner, the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually no energy, and it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 0191-389-7245, and to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists, www.thgohd.com, and acutexshop.co.uk. The makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to Kai. Meet the new game over screen, dropping to a Clearun device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearun.game. Thanks to Media Art for all the video content. If you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Uh, we do seven shows a week, and we'll be continuing that kind of content upload throughout the summer. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share your social media, and drop into the comments box to ask a question or to uh, speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, other podcast providers. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show. Um, if you want to become a member, then put your smartphone over the top of the QR code. It'll take you straight to the website uh, section, or just simply go to nufcmatters.com and uh, click membership. 
And uh, if you want to become a member, you get a scarf, a pen, a cup, and a membership card and entry into the monthly draw. Don't forget, if you do subscribe, we'll give away a free car sticker to every subscriber. Uh, you need to apply for it, though. Just go to nufcmatters.com. Don't forget, at the weekend, Supermac will be at the Dog and Parrot at the slightly earlier time of 11 o'clock. Obviously, the kickoff is 12.30 for the Liverpool game. So get yourself along with Dog and Parrot at 11. The doors open at half past 10. And uh, kids are welcome. Uh, good, uh, good beer, good food, pool table in there, and a bit of crack with Newcastle fans. Don't forget as well the match day bucket. Uh, for those of you who want to make a donation, the food bank can do so virtually. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk. We've also got a raffle running to win one of those Shira balls. Uh, and, and now at nufcmatters.com. The tickets are two ninety five. So get yourself onto there. And a quick shout out for Mick Lowe's talking with Andy Griffin at Shira's Bar. Uh, that's happening on the twenty fourth of June. It's going to be our NUFC Matters summer party. Uh, tickets are twelve pound and available from the web website nufcmatters.com so get yourself along that will be a cracking name don't forget as well for the food bank we are um, also auctioning off the Subutio team custom made uh, it is of Malcolm's debut against Liverpool and uh, Paul who uh, tuned in and asked the first question today has uh, custom made the Subutio set and Malcolm has signed the box so uh, well worth uh, having a bid on that all proceeds of course and go to the food bank. So uh, on to the, uh, the next uh, set of comments and questions. And uh, John says the World Cup break could actually help the two next season. We might have less players going, so less tightness. Do you agree? It's a tough one, that, John, because obviously the transfer window um, has got to take place first, mate. And, uh, you know, that could, that could, you know, that could affect us as well. Jody Tuvalai says, this really boils me about Everton. How are they not getting points deducted for breaking financial fair play? It's just not fair on the other clubs. Favouritism? I mean, I don't know what's going on with that, Ross. Have you heard anything about that? Is that, is that not just ongoing? Are we, are we, or are we just turning a blind either that the Premier League I'm not 100% certain myself I, I, I'm guessing that there's there's um, negotiations shall we say going on behind the scenes between between Everton and the football uh, in the in the Premier League it's it's slightly complicated by um, by the, the by Covid you know and, and clubs can claim um, extra dispensation for, for losses accrued over over the Covid period um, there won't be any points deduction. There'll, be, there'll no doubt be a slap on the wrists and some sort of some sort of um, fine in place. But um, regardless, I, I can say Evan slipping into into the championship. Um, regardless of, of any points deduction at the minute. So yeah, interesting one. We'll keep an eye on that one. No, definitely will. It will be uh, interesting, of course. John says, uh, hi, Stephen Ross. How many players in the summer do you think Newcastle will need and in which positions? And can they challenge for a trophy and challenge the top five next season as well? I mean, we've, we've touched on where we think they'll finish next season, but players in, I mean, I guess it depends on how many goes out, Ross, doesn't it? I mean, you know, and, and at the minute, especially with this last round of fixtures, with three three straight wins again, um, two, two at home and one away, Um some of the players who you would be expecting to go out the door are putting in the performances of their lives to try and stay in the club. And it was interesting. I watched Mika Richards talk my match of the day. I had a catch up with match of the days, three episodes of match of the day when I got back. Um, and he was saying that when he was at Manchester City, um, of course, when the when the takeover happened, you know, they it made them look over the shoulder. They were playing for that place and and you know, it does have that knock-on effect because they're, they're worried now about the transfer window. And he was saying that, you know, he had 
you know, X, Y, and Z linked in the summer. And he's thinking, oh, God, you know, it could be me next. It could be me out the door. And he says, it does make you try harder, play better. And, you know, he says, it's just natural that that, that, that happens. But, yeah, I mean, what, what, how many players do you think we need in? I mean, we, you've already said goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I don't know if we'd need a, if need a goalkeeper. I think I think Eddie Howe wants a goalkeeper. I think it, it'd be further down the priority list for me. I think, I think you know the the, the, the positions which are, are desperately needed. I suppose are, are up front. You know, I think a, 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 a robust goal scorer and centre forward, and then a, a, a you know another wide forward. I think for me, so two forwards in in, in those positions, um, possibly another centre mid. Um, depending on on how you how you view um, Shelby, but he's he's one of them ones that you've just touched on there, Steve, who, who's playing for the future and, and has responded. He's he's put in some some fantastic performances and and kind of you know made a lot of people, probably myself included, you know, eat their words. And and you know, I've not I've never been a, a huge Shelby fan, but he's you can't fault these performances um, over the last over the last two or three months. I don't think. Um, but I'd still probably like to see a, a, another another centre midfielder come in. The left back situation needs sorting in the summer. Whether that's Matt Target on a on a permanent deal, which I think would be um, most fans and, and probably the club would would welcome. But there needs to be a, a, a permanent solution in, in that left back area and a centre half as well. I think a, a bit of extra quality needed in the in the centre half area. Um, probably going to go back in for for Botman in the summer. But whether they can they can get him or they have to look at a, another option. Um, so what you're looking at four or five there, possibly possibly a keeper might make six. There'll be a lot of people heading for the for the exit door as well. You know, a lot of the squad players, a lot of the fringe players um, who are playing for the future um, have got a lot to do between now and in the summer to, to convince Eddie Howe that they that they deserve to to be around to help take the club forward. But it's it's at all possible who would have, who would have put money on on Emil Kraft putting in the, the the performances that he's put in over the last four or five six games. So um, you know players have still got an opportunity to 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 prove that they are the right person to to help the club move into the next next stage of its development. Yeah, definitely. Question on Twitter as well, transfer related from Dave Wilde. He says, since the free market is an area where we're led to believe the club are looking and taking into account he's been linked with us before, are the club looking at Boubacar Kamara from Marseille? He'd be an excellent defensive midfield and centre-back signing. I mean, we're going to have a lot of this, Ross, unfortunately, as, as the, the months progress over the, the summer. But, um, yeah, I mean, Boubacar Kamara... Again, he has been linked. Is, is that is that something which you could see Newcastle looking at? I could I could definitely see them them, them looking at him. Um, he's a he's a class act for me. The, the times I've seen him, he looks a, a real quality up um, proposition. You're only a young man still as well. So you know if you can, if you can get him on a free, I know um, that there will be a lot of interest in him. And in in I think Stephen Gerrard was over watching him uh, last week. Um, with possibility for for signing them for for Villa, who were who were there in desperate need of a, a defensive centre mid themselves. So someone like Boubacar Kamara, I think, would be would be ideal. They're going to be look. We know that there's going to be money to spend, but we also know that they're not going to be daft with with money, and they're not just going to they, they want to get value for money. And, and and looking at free agents is is um, is completely natural. You know whether that's a, a Jesse Lingard or a or a Boubacar Kamara or Jason Denier, the the the, the Belgian centre half, they'll, they'll they'll be players that they'll be looking at because 
obviously financial fair play is something that Newcastle have got to be aware of. And, and if you can save a little bit of money by bringing in a, a quality uh, player for free, then it, it, it frees up a little bit more money to spend on your on your centre forwards and your, your places where you need that extra bit of bit of cash and that extra bit of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan says a Hall of Fame would be it for me our future could be a lot bigger than our past and naming a stand and naming a game later uh, wouldn't feel good interesting uh, John uh, says Ross if we can't expand the ground enough would you be okay with location without a major expansion somehow thousands are going to miss out I mean it's uh, it's early days I've said uh, and I think there'll be more expansion to the ground before we see relocation. Uh, you you and I are old enough to remember the last time uh, an owner tried to relocate and that went down like a ton of cement, didn't it? It did. It did. I, I absolutely hate relocation. I must admit, I'm all for, I'm all for progression. I, I'm not, I don't want to sound like a, I think I'm stuck in the past, but I'd, I'd, I'd hate for the, the, the club to be playing somewhere else other than St. James's. The location of it, it you know, bang in the city centre, up on the hill, so much history behind it, and I understand clubs have to move and, and or rebuild. You know, I understand why why there's no Upton Park anymore, and why Everton are looking at moving from Goodison and so on and so forth. I, I, I get all that. Highbury, you know, these great famous grounds that that we've all, you know, a lot of us have, have visited, became you know something that if the club wants to move on, move on and, and progress, then it does have to move. But I'd be I'd be exploring every possible. Avenue, every possible way of, of extending, expanding, sorry, um, St. James's Park. And I'd, I'd, I'd hear for it to end up, you know, stuck on the Team Valley or, or down by the, even down by the Quayside or down by the, the arena or something else. And there's some locations which have been suggested. I'd, I'd hear it, I must admit. Yeah, me too. I'd love to stay at St. James's Park. Uh, Darren says it's just not evident bringing financial fair play. Arsenal and Chelsea are in the same boat. Points should be taken off all three clubs, really. Tom asks, what formation do you think Eddie Howe will play against Liverpool and Man City? Do you think he might play five at the back, Ross? No, I think he'll stick with what he's, what he's tried and tested over the last uh, last few weeks. Whether that's right or wrong, whether he should go a bit more defensive, I think he'll I think he'll look and go nothing to lose. Let's give this a go. It might tighten it up in in terms of the tactics a little bit, you know, and not be as open. You know, we saw against against Spurs that. Um, you know the, the midfield was probably a little bit too open at times, and 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 they got dragged around a little bit. But I would I'd be surprised if he if he moved away. Certainly for the Liverpool game, first game up uh, that he there uh, if he if he moved away from his four three three formation. Yeah, I think it would be um, I, th- I think it would be strange to see him do that, especially at home. Um, you know against Liverpool and uh, like like you you know you mentioned earlier, Ross, that that game that Rafa was it Rafa in charge? I think when we lost when we won when we lost three two, we really came yeah. on and scored. Great great game. It was a positive game, and I think Newcastle fans will just will enjoy the game whatever happens. The pressure's off now, uh, as far as we are concerned. Tom followed up with, uh, "What's your thoughts on Dwight Gale?" Uh, I don't know what you're supposed to say to that, really. I'll be honest. I feel a little bit sorry for him. You know, you kind of get a he kind of get a kick of the ball at, at the minute. He's he's obviously going to be away in the summer. He's obviously not not in Eddie Howe's plans whatsoever. Chris Wood gets gets um, left out on on Saturday, and, and Dwight Gale still stuck on the bench until later on in the game. Um, yeah, look, he's he's not he's not going to be the player who's going to take the club forward. I think Eddie Howe recognizes that. Um, he'd be away in the summer. Yeah, Mick Lowe's got a bit heated, uh, just away from uh, football uh, on the show at the weekend that I did with him and Holly about the um, about the dressing room photographs 
um, it has caused a bit of a stir as well. And I've seen some of the comments since on the on the podcast. A lot of people disagree with me. What's your take on that? Do you think this should keep them good, um, or do you think it'll just draw to a, do, you, do you think it'll draw to a natural a natural end, Ross? I think it. I think it has to draw to a natural end at some point. I don't think you can keep going indefinitely. It's a funny one when the first when it first happened. I must admit, I cringed a little bit the first first one or two. Look, you you've won a game. There's no need for a big big celebration. But but my opinion on it is is changed probably over the over the weeks. It's it's now just a, a bit of it's a bit of fun. You know, it, it's a ritual. It's something that that's obviously helped create a bond and a team spirit within the, the change room and look why not celebrate why not and just enjoy enjoy a victory why not and you know you work hard the, the fans are enjoying it just enjoy enjoy it. you know we can take football a little bit too seriously at times i think so yeah it's a, it's a bit of fun it's a it's a bit of enjoyment it'll not last forever maybe he's rolling out on on different occasions next season but uh, it was interesting here in any house here yeah, i didn't expect it to get into the media when it was it was the money. yeah <laughs> the social media team have put it out themselves. So that was a, that was a funny one. Classic. I've just put a um, pinned post in the chat as well, folks. I, I did forget to mention this when I was doing the adverts. Um, I am doing for me sins for the first time the Great North Run on the 11th of September. I'm doing it for the Bradley Lowry Foundation. I'm also doing the Fire Walk, which I've already publicised on you. So I've now got round to set up the Just Given page. Um, I've stuck the link up there. Anybody who uh, watches the show, if you don't mind making a donation, no matter how big or small, um, I've set my target at a reasonable target of 500 quid um, and uh, got a lot of time to raise that money so if you don't mind making a donation as i say i'm doing it for the bradley lowry foundation it'll be more of a pedestrian walk rather than a run uh, i am getting on a little bit but at least i'll i will complete it believe you me i will complete it blue rhythm boy says thoughts on jamal lewis is he gone ross interesting one isn't it i i thought there was a player there i thought there was a player there if, if somebody could have got him right with a bit of coaching i know he's had groin issues and, and injuries I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out on loan next season. Maybe it's depending on on what happens with with Target. Um, I, I hope that there's uh, you saw signs. I, I thought I saw signs at points last season, this season when when Eddie Howe first came in that he could that he could be a, a, a really good left back. But again, I think he, I think he's he's still got a lot to prove. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hayden coming back from injury as well. I mean, there's another one who's got question marks over him. Darren Lee Wells says, players to let go and sell, Gillespie, Dardo, Fernandez, Lewis, Manquillo, Almiron, Hayden. So Hayden's in there. Murphy, Gale to make space for new signings. I mean, it's a hell of a summer, a hell of a summer's window. But yeah, I mean, Hayden, you know, again, it's, it's reading, it's reading what Eddie Howe says. And, and trying to pick, you know, read between the lines. He, he's praised virtually everybody, but you know, I, he can't keep them all, can he, Ross? That's the no, problem. No. We've seen we've seen him in recent weeks come out in support of Gale, Sean Longstaff, Hayden now, um, but they can't all stay. No, no, I, I, I think Hayden will probably be again another one who probably makes makes way in the in the summer. Him and you know Matt Ritchie, maybe players who've been really good servants for the club over the last uh, last few years and. And, and should be um, should be praised and for the for the commitment that they've shown, um, in, in not necessarily in, in difficult times, but in, in not the best of times. But I think for moving the club on, I don't think they're, they're likely to be part of the of the next uh, next two or three years. Yeah, I, I can't see it. I can't see it at all. Uh, Colin uh, says uh, Ross apparently Mike Dean will play some part in officiating a so-called Tramia fan. 
Rumours are he's a red. What is your opinion on that? I'm, well, I'm going to I'm going to say that he's definitely tramming it. I've, and I mean, th there was that infamous photograph of him, wasn't there, recently? Um, well, not recently, maybe it was a couple of, couple of years ago, of him at the Tramia game, jumping up and down when Tramia scored. Yeah, he's a big, big Tramia fan. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not into kind of the the refereeing conspiracy theories, if if you like. Um, I understand, you know why it sometimes looks a certain way but as far as I'm aware Mike Dean's a, a huge Tramia fan and, and fair enough then crack on Yeah um, Mr Midnight says Gail's had a lot of grief off plenty of our fans might not be the bloke to kick us on to the next level but he's a large part of why we are even back in the league for this takeover to happen which is a fair point yeah he's a good championship player there's no doubt about that as is Mitro, um, I, you know, I didn't like Mitro. I wasn't a Mitro fan. I mean, I got the impression that most people only like Mitro because, he, you know, he had a good song and good songs went under Ashley were few and far between. But I just didn't rate him. But he's had a hell of a season, Ross. Yeah, he's unbelievable. 40, 41 goals, I think it is. And, and you know, players sometimes find that levels. Players will, 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 will do that. And he scores goals at, at that level. He always has done. But he's had two or three chances in the in the Premier League and he's not quite nailed it yet. Maybe he'll he'll nail it next summer. Again, uh, you know, him and Gail and and you know go back to right at the start of the show and talking about David Kelly and, and stuff like that. Kevin Keegan made a big, big thing with David Kelly at the end of that promotion winning season um in, in ninety three. It was, you know, Kelly had scored twenty goals or whatever it was, hat in the last game and Kevin Keegan still made the, the call that he wasn't gonna be he wasn't the right player. To take it on to the next level brings in somebody like like Peter Beardsley, and you can't argue with it. You know, players are, are good servants up to a point, but then managers have got to be ruthless enough to, to look and, and say, Right, now we need to move on to the next level. Thank you very much. Your time's up. Yeah, Tom's asking, uh, talking about strikers, if you could bring in one striker in the summer, who would you be looking at to come to our club? I mean, again, we're, get, we're getting linked with Ivan Tony as well. I mean, you know, he hasn't had a blistering season at Brentford, um, but. You don't go back, and I think Newcastle will be looking at somebody completely different. And I'd be very surprised if a deal hasn't already been at least done. I, I still think they might go back for somebody who they were looking at in in the January window. But you know, who would you go for, Ross? I would. So yeah, you, look, you, you could talk about your, your Darwin Nunes and, and people of that that ilk. You know, whether whether the club's in a position to, to get those at the minute, I, I don't know. I'm going to throw a couple of daft names in there. And they might be daft, they might not be daft. See what people think about them. Um, be interested to, to read the comments. But I, I would, I'd be tempted in the summer to, to if I was Newcastle, to look at obviously bring Jesse Lingard in potentially on a free, and then go for somebody like Marcus Rashford who needs a move from from Man United. Big pals with Lingard. Could you get them two together? If Everton go down. You'd be daft not to try and make a move for Dominic uh, Calvert-Lewin as well. So those two, uh, Rashford and Calvert-Lewin, I know I know that's going to split opinion, especially the Rashford one. I know he, he, he splits opinion, but I think he's got. I think he's a great, great potential, great player. Um, those would be two off the top of my head that I would be. Uh, I'd be keen to, to see see changes. Yeah, I think I think you know Calvert Lewin's one that's certainly doing the rounds. I, th I, I, I think they will go back for Jesse Lingard. I, I really do. Um, Rashford, hmm, says Roger Cook. I mean, there is going to be options, and and I think the the beauty is that Newcastle's had such a great run in. Like the, you know, no matter what happens now in these last few games, Newcastle's proved that they're a team that committed. 
the one thing that you know comes out of those photographs is a unified dressing room, um, you know, behind the manager and with the owners coming in on it as well. It sends out the right messages to any potential player wanting to come to St James's Park in the summer, and agents will be ringing Newcastle, I think, this summer. I think, you know, all that, all that ill fated talk of. Teams won't want to do business with Newcastle, um, you know, because of this, because of this ownership, because this takeover went through. It's, I, I said, I called it straight away. That's utter rubbish because, you know, agents still run football. Agents still make decisions. And if an agent can sniff a good deal for his client, then those players will roll up to Newcastle in their Rolls Royces and their Porsches. They'll not be bothered. And as long as we get the right, you know, the right kind of player who's good on the pitch, but also, you know, sensible off it. I think it's going to be another good window for Newcastle, and I think the hard work, the hard work's already started behind the scenes. Yeah, look, I think you, you, you're absolutely right. You've got to be very careful with the types of characters that you that you bring in. Everton's a really good example where they've gone out and spent a bucket load of money, spent ridiculous amounts of money, and they haven't haven't the recruitment hasn't been hasn't been right, hasn't been great. You know, bringing in somebody like James Rodriguez from from you know Real Madrid, you know, massive high profile signing, but just Clearly not the right person for the for the club at that time, and so Newcastle will they'll do their due diligence and they'll they'll hopefully bring in the right characters that fit in with that, that dressing room, fit in with Eddie House philosophy, but also have the quality to to move the club on to the next level as well. Yeah, uh, Jordy Tunvalay says I'd like to see Timo Werner given a chance at the two in DCL. Definitely not mobile enough, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's pace that we need. I think up there, definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Mister Midnight says uh, not keen on either, but will be more against uh, uh, Calvert Lewin than Rashford. Just a tapping merchant with a heavy English tax can uh, can can get for, can get far better for the stupid money they would be asking with some decent scouting. I mean. Again, it's it's who Eddie Howe feels he can work with the best as well. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Chris Wood, but I think Chris Wood is 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 still going to play an important role at Newcastle United. He might not be, you know, might not be the first name on the team sheet, but you know, who's to say he won't start with Wilson and you know Wilson and Wood up front um, before the end of the season, and we might see something different in Wood. We might see we might see goals aplenty from the two of them in those last couple of games against Arsenal and Burnley and then suddenly people change their mind going into the transfer window, you know, but it's, I still think we will bring somebody in, but I think there will be, you know, there will still be a place for Wilson and Wood next season in that squad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, def- definitely a place for, for both of them. I think Wood's an interesting one. He, what he does really well is he presses from the front, he's work rate, he's, he's, He's a team player, clearly a team player. When he was at Burnley, he always played up front in a two. So you're, you're talking about playing alongside Wilson. I don't think that's the worst shout in the world because you know he always played alongside the Ashley Barnes or something like that at, at, at Burnley. And and what Wood likes to do is fall he's six foot four. He's not the big target man. He, he likes to run in behind. He likes to to play on the on the shoulders and, and get on the on the end of some of Ashley Barnes and whoever else is flick ons and, and and whatever. So seeing him in a in a Two alongside somebody like Callum Wilson might uh, would, would be interesting between now and the end of the season if, if Wilson get himself fit. Yeah, um, I, I, look, I just think Wood is, is is definitely got a part to play, and, and um, you know we haven't just bought him for you know for staying up. Tom reckons Luis Suarez uh, Suarez might do a job for us. Uh, he's not getting a game at Madrid. I, look, I mean, I mentioned Coutinho. Um, before I went away as well, I think you know Villa might struggle to pay the wages. I know he's you know he's got a relationship with Gerard, but Gerard's not going to be paying him out of his own pocket. And I mean, we might be able to hijack that deal, you know, especially with the you know the, the South American flavour that we already have at the club. 
Yeah, I th- you know that, that Brazilian link up. You know, Gabriel Jesus. You know, at Man City. You know, he's he's probably going to be moving on this summer. But is he somebody that Newcastle might 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 be interested in pairing him alongside you know Joe Linton and and Bruno and and get that samba samba feel to the to the club in the summer again. So look, there's, there's, they're going to be linked with with loads of players, whether it's a Christian Eriksen or a Lingard or or a, a Coutinho, those kind of playmaker types, or, or players who play right at the top end, like your, like your Rashfords and your um, and your Nunes's and all that. Either way, Steve, it's going to be a fantastic, fantastically interesting summer. It's going to be intriguing. It's going to be exciting and something that you know fans of uh, are going to really enjoy. I think. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to our shows as they progress through the summer, chewing the fat and talking about the ludicrous and uh, and and of course lapping up the signings that do eventually come in and talking about those who go out. But uh, I'm conscious of the fact you've got to meet at two o'clock, mate. So uh, just a big shout out to uh, to everybody for tuning in. Thanks again to the sponsors. Thanks to the moderators in the chat. A uh, big shout out to Liam Kennedy as well. Uh, hope you're doing well, mate. And uh, look forward to seeing you back in the summer. But uh, for now, Ross, uh, thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you next week, mate. Take care. Cheers. Cheers, Steve. <laughs>